My money machine go beep, I love the sound that it make Plus all these racks and count, I think that my machine bout to break Secure the bag, yeah, that's the brand, and we get to the bag That's right, family, it is your man Tay Sweat And I got my brother here with us once again E on the mic And this is the Get to the Bag podcast Those of you all who are wondering We like to talk about getting to the bag in life Not just making money Although it is a big part of it, <laughs> but also making sure the relationships in your life are square, making sure your health is taken care of because you can have all the money in the world. But if you're dying and your relationships are jacked up, the money means nothing at all. Trust me. So we're here to do what we can to help you get to the bag of life based on some of the things that we've been through. Right. And today what we're going to talk about, because today's Money Monday, and one of the topics that we received um, by one of you very, very cool, amazing family members. Right? Y'all not fans. Y'all not, you know, none of that shit. Y'all are family. When you come and you listen to the podcast, I consider you family, especially when you start handing out five-star reviews. That's love. I appreciate that. We appreciate that. Yeah, most definitely. So, basically, one of the um, comments that we received from the five-star section was, Tay, you got to talk about trauma in men. Like, we're dealing with a lot of trauma as black and brown men. We go through a lot in life. And how do we, how do we handle this on our road to success? And this is going to be a very interesting and deep podcast as far as I'm concerned, because I got a few things that I've been through personally that I feel can really help you all, including going through a divorce, including, you know, we're not going to go through it all right now. But trust me, I got some good stuff for y'all. And my man, E has seen it all with me. He's been through it with me. So um, it's going to be a good podcast today. So before we get started, any of you who are wondering, how can I get my topic? I need a topic that, you know, I need you to talk on a topic, Tay, because I'm dealing with this. I want you to answer this question or whatever it may be. How do you get me that topic? Well, basically what you're going to do is give me a five-star review on this podcast, right? And once you give the review, whatever you type in there about, you know, Tay is awesome. Ed is awesome. All right. Once you do that, below that, you're going to put your topic or your question. And we're going to go through all of our five star reviews and make sure we get back to you. OK, or at least we make a topic on that question. So that's how you get it. If you do four stars, three stars or less, we probably won't get there because we don't like bad grades. So <laughs> make straight A's in life. <laughs> that's right. It's all about the straight A's. So five stars or nothing. All right. Other than that. We're going to get started on this thing because I really I really think that men's health, especially when we're talking about mental and emotional health, is very important, especially if you have a brother, a son, a father. If you are a man yourself going through life, this is very important. So even my ladies, you need to hear this out. If you have a husband, a boyfriend or plan on having one. You need to know how to navigate and you need to, you actually need to know what we feel and how we feel as we're going through these things. So what better way than to hear it from us who pretty much have done a lot, been through a lot and 
not only did we get, make it through it, but we made to another level of success as we were making it through it. So, you ready to knock this one out, E? Because it's oh, gonna be definitely. it's yeah. gonna be tough. This is yeah, it's an interesting one though. I think it's one that, like you said, people need to hear about it, and so glad to talk about it. Most definitely, man. Most definitely, I. I y'all know I'm an open book, so I really feel like I have some stuff I'm willing to go in on, um, because I, I've always felt like if I've been through it and I made it out, I could help somebody, right? So that's that's one of the biggest reasons why I even started podcasting. So one of the things that I've personally noticed that a lot of, especially black and brown men, go through is coming out of a rough situation it's not all but a lot we come you know both of us come from pretty rough areas um from nashville tennessee we come from you know what people would call inner city or the hood right and we went to these inner city schools or the hood (laughs) right and these schools cause trauma these you know hoods cause trauma for black and brown boys Right. We've seen people get, you know, stabbed, shot at, you know, we've had friends, you know, die at very young ages. We've uh, you know, we got friends still locked up in prison for life. For life. Right. One of my uh, neighbors and one of our actually good friends, friends uh, William, William Peebles. If anybody knows that man, tell him we said hello. Um, and, and best wishes to him because my man is serving double life sentences in prison right now. That in itself causes trauma, you know, because when you have a friend that goes down, number one, first of all, you, <laughs> this is something that I feel like I have to say because a lot of you all don't know this. When you have a friend that ends up going to jail, especially for some crazy shit, right? Because we've had friends like, you know, Rob stores at gunpoint and all this stuff, and it's like you start questioning yourself, like, "Holy fuck, was I hanging around that motherfucker?" Like, like yeah. literally, you start asking yourself these questions, like, "What, what was, what was going on when we were cool?" Like, yeah. I didn't see that in you, because a lot of times you don't, right? A lot of my friends who went to prison, they weren't criminals when they were around us, because we we didn't operate like that, mm-hmm. right? So we, we've had friends, you know, gang members and, you know, a lot of stuff. But when it all plays out, you you question yourself like, man, am I a fucking criminal? <laughs> <laughs> because I, I don't remember doing criminal stuff. You know, I don't you know, we played video games, basketball and pretty yeah. much hung out like that was it. You know, yeah. you 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 wonder, like, now I have to think about, am I capable of that? Like, how close am I to that? Exactly. How close yep. am I to that? Because, you know, these are people that, and it's like it's not like we're using, oh, this one guy we knew. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not like we just digging in the pot and grabbing <laughs> right. that one guy we knew. No. Like, no, like, this is this is was the collection of people that mm-hmm. were around us. And the situations that we were in as well. Like, we were going through life at the same time, same place, same situations that they were dealing with and you look at it and you're like man like how close are we how close could we have been mm-hmm. how close are some of the people that are still in our circle like man like they really could be like one step one day one like last straw so to speak away from mm-hmm. like ending up in situations like that absolutely absolutely and for me i know it forced me almost to almost overcompensate being a good boy almost 
right? Like, hey, man, just don't get in no trouble. Like, <laughs> you know, like, hey, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. It, it kind of it kind of made you slingshot to the other side because you saw what they were doing to black and brown people, which is why I wanted to talk about this. It's not it's not just, you know, the police brutality and, the you know, the, you know, kill. Oh, there's another black or brown person who just got killed or black person who got killed. It wasn't just that. That's one part of it. That causes a lot of trauma for us. Right. But even for me, it was thinking about, OK, I see how they're slapping these crimes on people who actually did do something and how crazy of sentences that they're getting. Right. You make a mistake because let's be honest, uh, half the people who we're dealing with, who we're talking about right now, who were friends of ours, these are like teens, 16 and under. Yeah. Because honestly, once we hit 17, if you was on some dumb shit, we we just kind of like threw you to the side. <laughs> like yeah, we, we yeah, didn't deal we, with a we lot. We separated from a lot of things. Like Absolutely. That, yeah. So we're talking about young kids who essentially, you know, even if they did something really bad, we they're mistakes. A lot of kids, especially a natural child, if you birth a child and you let the child raise itself, they're not going to do a bunch of this stupid shit that, you know, people do. And it's, it's just mistakes. So being a human, that made me almost, you know, a form of trauma. It made me overcompensate to say, hey, don't make mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Don't make mistakes. You got to be flawless. As a matter, matter of fact, not only do you have to be flawless, you have to be better, twice as better as everybody else. And this is something that we're told. And this is not just men. This is black and brown people, period. We're told we have to be twice mm -hmm. as good as anybody else around, right? If there's a white man or Indian man or like whomever, as a black man, you got to be twice as good as he is in order to just receive half. <laughs> now, I'm not even going to say it's equal to receive half the results that that man is going to receive. Yeah, and that and that starts to like you internalize things mm -hmm. like that, and you start to you don't take as much of the you don't get as much joy out of life, which right. is probably the most the most heartbreaking thing. But you also you don't take as many risks, and not risks in the way of like doing things that are crazy or wrong, but just you try to stay so close to the straight and narrow. You mm -hmm. you don't you're not allowed to be yourself. You're worried about man, if I mess up just this one time or this thing goes wrong just once, I won't. Mm -hmm. There isn't a second chance right. for me. There isn't a recovery from that kind of mistake or the things mm -hmm. you're talking about. And so you have a lot of people that honestly get that in their heads, and then that manifests into a whole lot of people that come of age and just try to like follow a path that mm -hmm. really isn't for them. Right. They're trying to fit into this little box, or they're trying to fit like and stay and walk this tightrope of a line. And they're not happy. They still have the trauma from youth and they're experiencing it in a way that really puts them in a spot to not even like want to be associated with right. certain things, even though they don't understand them. It's just like, I can't veer too far from this or that. I don't really need to learn anything new. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I, I mean, I know that kind of seems like something you're doing and kind of works, but for me, like I got to stay right here. Right. I can't go that way. Uh, and, and, it, and it's boxing people in and it's creating, like you said, you know, starting early on is, stuff we need to talk about because we gotta we gotta open ourselves up more we gotta create a different type of vibe we mm -hmm. gotta create a different understanding between us so it, it's gonna be good to dive into it i'm ready for it you know? absolutely absolutely and, and I, I think a lot of that stuff bro it, it really it, it kind of 
not on all levels. I don't like to generalize, but it kind of creates this feeling of unworthiness. I've seen it in a lot of men. I'm not worthy of that. I'm not worthy of this. And it kind of creates the reason why I say that, because if you have to overcompensate and kind of be a good boy, so to say, where you're like overly, yes, sir, overly no, you know, no, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And, you know, you get pulled over. Yes, ma'am. You got to kind of like, you know, overcompensate. Mm -hmm. It creates almost this level of like, am I even worried? Like, I'm not acting like a normal person would act in this situation mm -hmm. because it's going I'm, I'm going to have a different result. So am I even worthy of normal results that these other people are getting? And that's just one component of it. Right. And this is why I'm so. I'm not going to say so hard, not so so hard, but this is one of the reasons why I'm so um, adamant about getting our counterparts. So women, black and brown women, I'm so adamant on getting you all, you know, on board with knowing that so that you all could help with not to say y'all don't do a great job already because I, I do think you do. But I want to get you all on board with knowing that. That way, the way you approach certain things, you understand how broken some of us already are. Because some, not all, I don't like to generalize, but some women go hard on men in, in certain areas and have no idea that that's just further breaking that man. Right? He's like, why won't you get your shit together? And it's like, he's broken. And every time you tell him how fucked up he is, he goes, he goes the opposite deeper, way. Yeah. He's right? going deeper and deeper. He, yeah. He's going deeper and deeper into that hole. So it's very important because you all have the power to build us up. And we actually, you know, we need each other. We need each other. And I say this because I've been in situations. Right. So now we're getting into the relationship part, because that's that's the next level. People don't realize, especially in our culture, we don't realize that we leave our parents and as soon as we leave the parent or the household, we go to our counterpart slash loved one. So boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. Right. So once we can't confide in our parents or once we can't look to our parents for love and support and essentially security, we go look for the mate. Right. What woman can I lay my lay my head on her bosom? Right. And tell her how I'm feeling. Even when I'm I'm pissed, I'm hurt, I'm sad, I'm mad, I want to cry, whatever it is. Right. And I say I, I want our women to be mindful of this because there's one little thing you can say. Even what I just mentioned, it, it, it took a little bit out of me to say it because I've been conditioned from the trauma to say, hey, we don't cry. You a man, you better suck that shit up. So. All it takes as someone who has had that trauma, all it takes for a woman to do is to say real men don't do blank. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Right. And as soon as you do that, you just strip my masculinity away from me. You just told me I'm not a man because I need to cry or because I'm pouting or because I'm just emotionally fucked up right now. Right. And I don't know how to deal with it. Right now, of course, me personally, and I'm going to suggest this for a lot of people. I've been through counseling for years 
and, and wanting to work on myself. I had life coaches, all that good stuff, and, and it helps. So I have to say that. That is the solution. We're going to get to more solutions, but that's one of the solutions. Mm -hmm. It really helps because some of the things that I personally have had, especially, you know, being married and, you know, going through that and getting out of a, you know, going through a divorce, you know, one of the things that I used to hear a lot was, you know, real men don't do this or real men do that. And it would be, you know, Shit, you vegan, real man, eat meat. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you know, we both heard <laughs> yeah, that. Heard a lot. Know? Yeah, and it's like, so you gonna come from my masculinity because I won't eat a piece of dead flesh, like, because I want fruits, vegetables, right? And it's unfortunate because we come from the Bible, you know, belt buckle, you know, <laughs> in the South, and it's like, if you read your Bible, one of the most manly men in the Bible was. I was going to cuss, but I'm trying not to cuss while talking about <laughs> the Bible. putting it all together. Right? <laughs> but seriously, like, one of the most menly men, you know, he was a warrior, was Daniel. He was vegan. He was eating beans, legumes, or whatever you want to call it. He was eating legumes and fruits and vegetables. And he was kicking people's butts. So, we have this miseducation and this just overall, you know, culture, if you will, that has soured and ruined a lot of men even some of the best of us and the only way to make it out a lot of times fellas is to go through that so that go through that that counseling so we'll talk more about that but what you what you got to say about that e no i think you i think you hit something that's really important and i think it's going to be a, a common thread because you mentioned it as a solution but what we've identified is a culture and a challenge that we face being reared as children men and coming up in a space and not actually having that encouragement to seek help right seek support even and honestly just being expressive like you said don't cry i mean mm -hmm. people those kind of things echo in your head even when you're by yourself mm -hmm. like you don't just go into a room and cry you go into a room and tell yourself no i'm not gonna cry you're exactly. fighting it yep. even just you you're not even having that own um comfort and just relaxed ability to be yourself even in a confined space right. And I feel like that's something that when you ingrain it so young and it carries forward, you said it, children don't rid themselves, but if you going through something and you've never had anybody to give you a good level of guidance on how mm -hmm. to deal with stuff, yep. and you're trying to deal with it on your own, and the only thing you go back to is, well, no matter what, I'm a man, so I can't cry about it. Mm -hmm. And we definitely talk, you know, a man stands on his own, like, right. you know, so I don't really need to go find any help or ask for help or, even communicate about what's going on with me. So, you know, we bottle it up and we mm -hmm. talk about how so much stress and tension is on men because they, they bottle up everything they have going on with them. And coming up front, I mean, we still deal with it, right? I mean, we, we yep. fight it, you know, ourselves. We're not perfect. We're not saying that we've mastered it by any means. Mm -hmm. But I think those are two things that not seeking help and then honestly just repeating things that we've heard even when we were younger, even when we may actually know better, mm -hmm. it's trying to break that pattern because our because culture tells us that and it's reinforced. And I love what you're saying is, you know, we're trying to identify that support system. Right. And and figuring out your best support system is gonna be a key factor because you need to trust them because you're gonna be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But you also need to make sure that your support system is the kind of group or the kind of person that you you want to have there for you. You know, a lot of people we got support systems out there. You know, you find them, but they just not right. You know, exactly. you know the, the, some people just, they telling you the things that they think you should hear because mm -hmm. they also came up in the, in a situation that wasn't necessarily great. Or they're just trying to perpetuate what they think mm -hmm. should happen in this spot. You know, the, the fame, well, if it was me, 
you know, conversation to start off with yep. if it was me, most of the times after that, you're not going to get the exactly. best of advice. It's just, it's right. just not, it's not where it is. Mm -hmm. um, but we also, you know, we have to look at it and understand we have to listen better. Like we gotta, we gotta figure out how to be more observant of the things that are going on with people around us. Not only because we can help others, but it truly will help. It'll help us. Right. Mm -hmm. We'll see stuff. There are struggles that people are going through that aren't unique. But because we're not looking for those struggles, mm -hmm. we're not seeing that as valuable information for us. Exactly. We're trying to hell. We the people telling them, "Hey, man, don't don't cry. Like, right. you no, know, keep your chin up." Mm -hmm. And then we just move away from it. Like, there's right. no circle back to it. There's no talk about it. There's no, hey, I understand that stuff, man. We'll we'll get together on it like later. Like, even if it's like, hey, don't do it right here. <laughs> we ain't got there yet. But like, right. we'll talk about it later. We just don't have enough of that in our system. And so, you know, I think those are things that just have to be built up over time. Mm -hmm. And like you said, but it's going to come from people in our community that are older, that are in places where they can be representatives or seen mm -hmm. in a way to then reach out and say, look, I know what you heard. I know what you might be thinking right now. I gotta tell you, there's a different way to do it, and you and right. and you gotta trust me. You know, you gotta show them that it's a, it's a way to go about it. So I think those are the couple of things that, that as you were talking, they were jumping out to me. It's like, man, like it's it's an ingrained culture that we gotta work to change. Right. Yep. I, I agree, and you know, it this means so much to me because I was at. And I'm gonna be totally transparent. I was at a point where I was soured by the culture. As a matter of fact, even to this day, I, I don't take on the culture as a whole. Right? When people say, Oh, that's your culture. I'm like, no, it's not. I don't <laughs> fucking eat the, the food they eat. I don't, you know, I don't listen to some of the things they listen to or the beliefs that they have. I, that's not my culture, right? I'm I'm the blackest as they come, right? I'm a blackity black man. But if you ask me about black culture, a lot of times I'm like, no, that's not I I, I don't really follow that same culture, right? Because mm -hmm. It, a lot of the times it's, it's not what we need it to be it's not productive right I mean down to some of the small stuff right hey are you gonna pay for coaching ain't nobody paying for no damn coaching I, our culture says stuff like that right mm -hmm. so we're talking about right now when I, when I say coaching I'm just talking about life coaching you need help <laughs> right you need help I need help he needs help so when we find someone who can help us, maybe a counselor or find somebody who can, you know, someone who can actually counsel or coach us to a better emotional state, a better, you know, physical state, a medical, you know, it's just a better state, period. Yep. And our culture, the first thing we'll say is, I'm not paying for that. I'm not paying to have somebody tell me all of my dirty laundry and tell me how bad I am and what I need to do to correct it. We don't value it. So for me, I, I, I do. I have I had a, a really hard time taking on the quote unquote culture as my own because I do think different. Right. And there's pieces of the culture, you know, because I, I was raised in the culture, that piece of the culture. I still, you know, I live out. But my goal overall is to say, hey, maybe I can help change the, the culture that we know. And maybe then I can say, hey, yeah, that is my culture, actually. But I'm not I'm not claiming. I'm sorry. I'm not claiming any of the negatives. <laughs> uh, look, there is something that humans have. And I want to say if you research it, it may be called the winner's bias or something like that. But anyway, there is something that we as humans have. And essentially what that is, is we like psychologically, we like to follow winners. Men and women, winners. If you are a winner, we rolling with you, right? If you are a winning culture, 
we we go with that culture. If you are a winning basketball team, some of y'all you you might not admit it, but you just vote. You just go with the winning basketball team. It's like, a lot of ruin those bandwagons, when, right? When, you know, bandwagons, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we tend to like winners, ladies. Let's keep it real. You know, you might take the man for who he is, but he better if he's winning, right? I mean, he got his shit together. He, you know, he's got a good business. He's running a good business. He got a stock portfolio. His credit's good. He drive a nice car. He smell good. He's in good shape. He's winning. I want him, right? Let's keep it real. And fellas, we do the same thing, mm-hmm. right? A, a very good indicator as a man, a very good indicator when we're looking at a woman that she's a winner is when she walk by. If she looks good, she looks well put together. Her clothes look nice. Toes look nice. Right, my mom, my, my mom used to say, "Hey, what's the first thing to hit the water when you get in the bathtub?" I said, "Uh, your feet." She said, "Yeah." So look at her feet. <laughs> if her feet are fucked up, she don't take showers. <laughs> right? So seriously, like that's that's how we assess women as well. Like, hey, how do you look? How you know? Are you put together? Because I could look at a woman and say, "Hey, that's a disciplined woman." Right? And that's what women want out of us. That's a disciplined man. He's not gonna he not gonna be in the streets screwing a bunch of people because he's he's disciplined. Well, we look for discipline in women. And discipline a lot of times are signs of winning, right? Most winners are disciplined. No, LeBron James yeah. is a winner, he's disciplined. Right? Kobe Bryant was a winner, he was disciplined. Michael Jordan, one of the biggest winners we know, he was very fucking disciplined, right? <laughs> very disciplined. So discipline is something that we look for in our culture or or when I say our culture, I'm talking about me and and me and E. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Discipline is what we do. Right. We eat healthy. We take care of our bodies. We work out. We make sure our our families are okay. We we mind our business. Right. Discipline. So we look for discipline in our women. That's exactly what we do. So. This is something I would like to take back to the culture that we come from and say, hey, now this is a winning culture because you can follow this culture and you can make a shit ton of money and have a great life. But the culture that we know coming from and one of the things that makes me depressed and one of the things that really emotionally bothered me for a while was the culture that I came from pretty much was responsible for killing us keeping us in poverty and essentially creating bad relationships. I mean, think about it. Something go wrong in a relationship on to the next. That was part of our culture. We had the song on to the next one, on to the <laughs> next, right? That that was in our culture, on to the next. Secondly, in our culture, we got teased for eating healthy, right? Y'all vegan, y'all ain't no meat. Real men eat meat. Y'all weird. Give me your black card. You don't eat chicken. <laughs> right? Like, these are some of the things we heard. Yeah. Part of our culture, right? That was the culture we came from. But we were weird because we weren't doing what the culture was doing. So on to the next one. You can't have a good relationship. Uh, you know, oh, you eat vegan. You eat healthy. You eat like a white person. I used to get that a lot. You eat like a white person. That's what white people, that's white people food. Bird food. So I can't be healthy inside the culture. So my health is fucked. My relationships are fucked because when things go wrong, instead of figuring them out, problem solving on to the next one. Right. 
these were the issues. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> right? These are the issues that we were having. And then when it came to the money side of things, oh, there were so many things fucked up in our culture about money. Number one, we don't use money as an actual tool. I take that back. We do use it as a tool. Just for the wrong reasons. For the wrong reasons. Because yeah. I know as a man, I was taught, hey, you got to shine on them. Right? You got to shine. Why do you have to shine? Because if you shine, you can get you a little more ass. Right? If you're looking good, if your shoes look good, and you're shining, the women will want to sleep with you. For the wrong reasons, pretty much. But that was that was part of the culture. At least I could say on the men's side of things, right? Yeah, yeah. That's how we were raised. But also the negative connotation we have with money or the negative relationship we have with money in that culture is depressing because going back to you know not using money as a tool there are so many resources and resources and things that we could give and that we could like point people in the right direction but we won't use the money as a tool to utilize those things right um, I mean advertising whatever it is we won't do it. Coaching, once again, we won't do it. That was a part of the culture. I'm not paying for that. I can Google that. I can YouTube that. That's you know, you you stupid. I can't believe you pay somebody five thousand dollars to be your coach to tell you something you can Google. We get it all the time. We get it all the time. So getting into that culture thing, that was one of the, the biggest issues I had with quote unquote our culture that we come from. But that's what leads me into my next depression slash, you know, issue that we have as men. Our families. We talk we kinda of talked about the relationship, mm-hmm. but our families. Right? They they talk to us like that. You stupid for doing that. I can't believe you paid them that. Right? Then when you get the money, hey, uh, let me borrow two hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I know you get it too. Because I definitely get it. Yeah. And I think I think part of you know, cause and this is this is kind of part of that transition, but I think there's a couple of things in our culture just before we moved there. Our culture has a lot of competition in it and not enough community in it. And I think mm-hmm. by that, I mean, you know, you talked about shining and you know, we'll get more ass by looking like this and looking like that. But we're taught about how to stand out compared to the mm-hmm. next person. Yep. And sometimes and a lot of times it's before we're taught about how to like stand next to and like mm-hmm. work with the next person. And, you know, I feel like that's a that's a root cause for a lot of our challenges. Right. It's the mm-hmm. reason why I don't feel comfortable going to the next man and asking for his help. It's the reason why I don't feel like I can admit that you know something I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's I damn sure can't say you better than me at anything because right. then now I'm like ah, mm-hmm. I'm all I'm all messed up now because I can never take that back or anything. Like you know, and it's just it's really it's really a problem because when we think about it, I think that's what produces a lot of the challenges in our culture. Right? It's Absolutely. I'm trying to help people now that I've reached a certain spot, and we're not built to receive that kind of help. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I understand it you know there's a lot of like we talked about there's a lot of issues but no matter what the issue is a common theme seems to be if someone comes to help you either you're not prepared for the help or you just don't even want to like try to receive it it's like no, i don't need help and then we just talked about it and this is where I, this is what just made jump is like people can see you do something quote-unquote positive see you have success mm-hmm. 
but then they just want the fruits of your labor yes. and they don't want to understand like the process that you that you mm -hmm. went through to, to get it mm -hmm. and it's like look i mean if you're in a you know tough spot right now like yeah i can help you out i can give you money but what's more important is like let's make sure you're not in this spot anymore like yes. let's not let's not put the band-aid on it and i feel like a lot of times there's no there's no desire for us to say you know what you're somebody who seems to be in a spot where you could at least help me so you must be doing something a little bit better than me at least at this time right. how can I learn from that how can I take something from that when it's almost like you can ask me for money but you still can't like admit that you need help with something right. and to mm -hmm. me that's just something we got to get over I'm like oh yeah you need money okay cool what for and when you ask that question it's like so who are you now? Right. It's like, like, why are you asking me what I'm going to do with this money? And I'm like, yeah. you know, it's still my money, right? Like, right. I ain't gave it yet. Like, you you should be prepared. Like, you know, and yeah. a lot of times people ask me this too. And they're like, well, how, you know, what's the thing that, that really, like, makes you want to help people? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, honestly, the people that come to you the most sincerely, they won't help. They don't want help in their way. They won't help. Like, they come to you and say, hey, here's my problem. Mm -hmm. And then they open up and listen. And I think one big hurdle is like, like I said, it's a lot of competition and we just don't know how to just be like, hey, just admit I got a problem. Right. Like we in, our culture is full of denial. That's basically mm -hmm. the summary of it. We're just in a lot of denial. And you know, when I think about some of the things you were saying about how we get to a spot and people ask for money and we're, you know, you put in a spot where you know you can give the money, but it becomes a, a detachment from something we believe in, which is, I don't I don't want to enable you mm -hmm. to keep digging yourself deeper. Right. Like we got to fix the leak. Yeah. Like the lessons <laughs> you should learn when you need twenty dollars from me. I want you to learn it before you need two hundred or two thousand mm -hmm. dollars. Yep. And honestly, I damn sure want you to come back and ask for that much money. So I want to talk to you about it now. Yep. But again, it's the things that I think we've learned from our experiences is that that first time or that second time, this is when we really need to try to get to you and try to talk to you. Yep. And but when people on the other side don't see it, Man, I'm just asking you for a little bit of money. Like, can't believe you tripping like that. And it's like, I'm not even, I'm not tripping about the amount of money. I'm, I'm saying like, this is the opportunity. Like, let's do it right now. And people don't jump on that. They don't, exactly. they don't see it. And then it's just kind of, it's never too late. But you get a lot closer to late. Mm -hmm. You get a lot closer to too late when you know those things just pass you by. Right. Uh, and I, I've, I've definitely experienced that. And for those of you, and because I know we're talking about also, you know dealing with the trauma as you reach the levels of success of success and that's one of the things that we get you know traumatized by and it hits us emotionally and for me i probably can even speak for him but for me personally one of the things that hurt me the most is when people come to us for a handout right and it's not that you need help that's the problem it's the fact that you feel entitled to the help right that part pisses me off because it's kind of like it, it it's this demeanor of how dare you say no to me yeah like you owe me that right i know i didn't work for it i don't i don't even know you from childhood right <laughs> But just because I'm a human and I look like you, you owe me a yes when I ask for something. Right. And it's an issue that I have simply because it creates kind of like he said, it creates this level of coddle, like 
It's like me giving you a handout. It handicaps you. And this is why, honestly, I do not give money to men. Like, in most cases. Yeah, my man needs some money for something. He got it. But if someone's begging for money on the side of the road or on Instagram, because y'all do that shit too, <laughs> right? I don't give men money. I don't care what scenario you tell me you're in. I don't I don't give men money. Why? Because if you find a way to shuck and jive and do your little dance and you find a way to like sneak around to getting a yes from me, that's a positive feedback loop. And yeah. what that does is it's like, oh, so every time I get in a position where I need money, I just need to do a little dance, right? Yeah. I just need to kind of work around. Hey, lights off, family bad, kids sucked up, you know, like, oh my God, like, I need money. We getting ready to get put out. Got, some, got a dollar? And it's like, bro, yeah, do- no, first right, of all, right. a dollar is not going to fix your situation. <laughs> <laughs> $100 is not going to fix your situation, but that's what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, I get it. I see it so many times. And if the first time I say yes, or the first time I say, I, I got that, right? We create we create a, a bad loop and it continues to go. Yeah. Now, I want to speak on that one too because, you know, because I have very similar, you'll, you'll, you'll realize this, we have very similar wavelengths in the way we think. Mm-hmm. But I inherited that from my dad. And my dad told me, he, he said this, particularly like following your, your train of thought, I don't give money to other men and it's not because their situation isn't something that deserves empathy, mm-hmm. but it's because if I give them money and support this situation, they don't change their situation. Mm-hmm. And he would say, if somebody can be on the corner at a certain time of day and see people and understand how to have these kind of conversations, or whatever, there's an opportunity they're missing right. because they, they aren't being put in a certain spot. Mm-hmm. And what I tell people now, and this is kind of my coined phrase, so to speak, but I said, I can't, if you're in need, right, this becomes charity. Right. And I say, I don't, I don't put charity into individuals. I put my charity, my contributions going to systems. Mm-hmm. And it was just saying what I said earlier. People ask me for money. The people who get the most, like, likely positive response from me are people that come to me with, here's the whole reason I need the money. Here's my system. Here's my mm-hmm. plan. Here's how I'm going to turn around. And they may not execute on it. It might it might be smoke. Who knows? But there's a process that says, and I can evaluate it, it says, okay, you're trying to take something from right now right. and build something. Mm-hmm. If you just stand out asking for a dollar, ask whatever, like, I don't know if you're even looking past tomorrow. You might look past today. Right. You're asking me for something and there's no reason that, I can feel good about parting ways with something that because I'm very active and wanting to give back, I know other places I can put my money. Mm-hmm. Like I know where I can put money to where it'll have outcomes that I want. Right. Now, if you're standing there and you're like, look, like my situation is this and this and this, I can tell you how I got there. The stories sometimes don't help because honestly mm-hmm. you're taking up time, right. but you're giving some background. Mm-hmm. But you, if your story don't, don't end with the, and when I take this money, I'm going to do this and this and this. Facts. And try to pay you back because as a man, I'm gonna be like, look, like we, because Tay said he's like, if I need something, you know, he got it, yeah. But there's also understanding between me and him that mm-hmm. ain't no way in the world if I ever get something from him, he's not gonna get it back, or or you know that appreciation level is gonna be shown. Right. And I feel like that's something that's lost. You talked about entitlement, but we also don't have like just that respect for people's stuff, mm-hmm. like time, energy, money. 
patience that I'm giving you just to hear you out. And I feel like those are the things that we have to work on. And I know you were pushing us towards like the conversation about family. And I feel like that's the space where you would anticipate having that more like you, unlike the stranger or unlike the Joe Blow or whoever, you know me like mm -hmm. it, it's not a goof off. I didn't accidentally <laughs> get here. Like I, right. I, I worked hard to get mm -hmm. to this stuff and you see me and the first thing I try to do to any of my family that want to have any type of conversation with me about something is the system. Right. It's almost to the yeah. point they don't ask me anymore, right? Like, yeah, I'm I'm that guy. I'm that broken record. You come here, you are gonna hear the same record spin. This track I got mm -hmm. for you. All right, cool. So what you working on now? What right. like what you trying to do? Like I'm I'm trying to help you build mm -hmm. more than I'm trying to give you something. Right. And I feel like with families, if you have somebody in your family, I want to say this: if you have somebody in your family that is doing well, before you ask them for any type of money you should ask them for knowledge or Bingo. ask them for That's some type thing. of connection that Thanks. you can get from them to, to further yourself. Like that's something that to me, I know it's hard when you see people as your peer and one of them kind of elevates, mm -hmm. but man, that's like the greatest opportunity. Like it's like right there. Like, yeah, you know, John came to the cookout and you don't really see John that much. Please don't take that opportunity to ask John for some money. Mm -hmm. Take the opportunity to ask John how he's doing what he's doing. Mm -hmm. So when John don't come to the cookout for the next six years, you learn something from John and you doing because he give you a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars at the cookout. Mm -hmm. John ain't gonna come back around. He <laughs> ain't come to the cookout to spend his money. <laughs> so yep. John ain't come back around and all you got was that two hundred dollars. You could have got a lot more. So mm -hmm. just thinking about that with family and people that have people in their circle that are like that, like use those opportunities value those cherish those and and seek out a way to really gain in ways that you can do something for yourself like that's really it most definitely and speaking of family and and while we in the spirit of talking about giving out money ladies let me just say this just because i said i don't give men money <laughs> don't you fucking dm me asking for no money <laughs> right <laughs> Um, yeah. I, I don't get me wrong I like to try to take care of especially like my single mothers because I, I have a very special yeah. place in yeah. my heart for single moms because I was raised by a single mom now that being said that doesn't mean you can DM me and get money from me because I'm going to do you exactly the way I did my mom as I was growing mm -hmm. up because and, and fellas and really any of you all this is something I need you to write down. Pay attention to this. If you are growing, if you're getting to a point where your family's looking at you like the bag, mm, I, I think I can get a little money out of him. Give me a dollar. <laughs> right? <laughs> the first ask is small. Yeah, that's right. First ask is small and we build up from there. So if you are getting to that point, I have a lesson for you that I learned. It was hard as hell, but I learned the lesson. And it was with my mom because, hey, my mom, since I was like 13, I was like the man of the house. And my mom put me up there. She's like, yep, you are. And if you I used to cut grass at 13, I would go out. I had a little lawnmower. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I put some gas in my can and I take my can and my lawnmower around and I would knock on doors, door to door. Do, 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 do. Hey, I cut your yard for 10, 20 bucks. Right. And I'd get 10 to 20 houses a week. So we looking at two, three hundred dollars a week. Sometimes I would make. And guess what? Moms wanted half of that for bills. I'm like, Mom, I'm 13 years old. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> right. But it did. Honestly, it did. It taught me 
it was a negative way to teach me. But that lesson got learned. But though. that yeah. lesson got mm-hmm. learned because yeah. it's like, fuck, I'm a man. I, I gotta, I gotta take care of the family, and it created this like hyper man inside of me where it was like, no matter how old you are, you are a man. You gotta step up. Mom need help. You the man of the house, and it created that that way of doing things. But the lesson here for my fellas especially, but I know ladies go through this too. The lesson here is when family asks you for money, this is what I had to go through with my mom. I got to a certain point. My mom knew money was coming in. I'm out of the house now. I don't owe you nothing, Ma. And I love you. But the reason why I say I don't owe you anything is because every little bit of extra money I have right now is going back into the business or back into my betterment. I have to go pay for coaching. I have to go pay for somebody to teach me how to elevate. If I give it to you, I'm stuck here for another whenever, however long it takes you to get disposable income. So if your disposable income is $500 a month and and somebody in your family asks you for $500, you now have to wait another month to be able to take advantage of an opportunity for your betterment. And when I figured that out, I was like, oh boy. So when mom asked me for money, I ain't got it. I need, and I told I had a heart to heart with my mom. And some of y'all are going to have to have heart, heart to hearts with your family members. I had a heart to heart with my mom. I said, mom, I love you. I actually want to do things for you. Like I, I want to actually like buy you a house and buy your cars and stuff, but I can't get there. If you take it, if you got a hole in my pocket now, Yeah. right? I can't get there. I can't do it. So, I'd rather you wait till my pockets are a little more full and then maybe put that hole in that pocket and then I can get you a little extra. So I told her, and this is what you all are going to have to tell your family. I need, you are an adult. And as a, as an adult, I need you to be able to hold yourself down right now. Do what do. And this is exactly what I told her. I said, do what you would do if I was not here. Like what if something happens to me? What if I have to go out of the country? If I go to the army or something, right? And I, I'm out of the country and you are forced to fend for yourself. What would you do without me? Do that. Do that. And then once I make it, because I'm reinvesting, I can come back and break you off, mom, because you're the first one I want to do that for. Mm-hmm. But you got to get out. So I'm saying this because a lot of you all are giving people you're pouring out of cups that you don't even have liquid in the cup to be able to afford to pour in somebody else's cup right so we need to fill your cup i mean we need to not only fill it we need your cup running over and then you can put somebody else's cup under that and they can collect the residual yeah right the extra so this is something that I had to learn at a very young age because I literally had to have that conversation with my mom at 16. It was very painful, very tough. But I knew if I could tell my mom no, I could tell anybody no. And mm-hmm. that's that's what you're going to have to do. And we both had to be, you know, we okay. had to do that in different ways. In different ways, yeah. Right? So definitely remember that because as we talk about family and, and ladies, you know, getting money, as we talk about that, Ladies, y'all are going to have that same issue, right? You're going to get to a point where maybe you're successful. Maybe somebody's looking to get from you. You got to remember that same thing. What would you do if I was not here? That's something solid 
and and lean on that. But in the other spirit, getting back, because I definitely don't want to leave that point unaddressed. E mentioned the resources. Hey, you come asking me for money. What if I could actually give you something better? Right? I know some of y'all like, well, shit, what's better than money? <laughs> what's better than you giving me money? Like you're like, wait, well, you can keep that. Just give right. me the money. Just That's give what me I the give. Money. Yeah, you I'll save you one. <laughs> I'll save you some time. You just keep that. Give me the money. And some people, honestly, in my position and our position, sometimes, honestly, it is easier, believe it or not, to just give the money. Because it's like, man, my time is way too. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I sit here with you for an hour, I'm wasting like $20,000 of my time. Here, here's ten dollars. Oh, here, here's you know, here's two hundred dollars because it's cheaper for me to just tell you to go away. And I've done that before, but once again, that person comes back because I just created a loop. It's a, it's a. Some people call it a negative feedback loop, but this is I call it a positive feedback loop because when I say yes, you got the positive answer you were looking for, right? So now you're going to continue to come back and that loop continues. As long as I say yes, you'll keep you'll keep continuing to do what is causing me to say yes. So I like what he's saying and something and the reason why is because it's something that worked for me. So fellas, ladies, whomever I'm talking to who's getting that level of success and you're actually having someone ask you for money, ask you for handouts. Something you need to do that has worked for me, and I know it works for him, is actually start providing resources. Because if you become that pain in the ass, they'll stop coming to you for money. So, for example, and I this actually came from counseling because I, I have a little, a younger brother who I was taking care of. I remember one, like in a six month period, I think I had gave him like to over $20,000 to make sure he was good, right? But it was a negative feed or a positive feedback loop because I kept giving it. He kept coming back. Right. It's clear. A lot of you all need to read a book called Who Moved My Cheese. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. great book. Yeah. And it talks about that. As long as you know cheese is going to be here, you'll keep coming back to that right spot. Mm-hmm. OK. So and they were talking about mice. So they put cheese in a place. The mice kept coming back to that spot. Even once they removed the cheese from that spot, they kept going back to that same spot. It's a positive feedback loop. When well, you giving away cheese to mice, <laughs> right? back, yeah. you're giving away money to people and they're going to keep coming back to the same spot. They know they can get that cheese or that bread or that money. So that's a great book for you all to read if you want to kind of learn what I'm saying. Right. But now some of y'all don't realize I just did to you what I'm about to tell you to do to other people. Give they ass a book to read. Right. <laughs> Somebody come ask me for money. I said, oh, tell me about your situation. Oh, well, you know, you know, things are tough. You know, times are tough right now. I'm, I'm probably going to get kicked out of my apartment. Oh, man, like that's tough. OK, and I'm, I'm genuinely, you know, I'm, I'm very sympathetic. I'm like, man, that's tough. OK, well, how'd you get there? Well, you know, man, you know, things just kind of got behind. You know, I, I kind of got behind on some things. And I probably spent some money I shouldn't have. You know, I, I know I messed up, but I, I I won't do it again. I just need a little help out right now. Okay, cool. So what I'm hearing is money management. Here's a book on money <laughs> management, right? Read this. It's going to hurt for about a month or two while you go through the possibilities of getting kicked out of your apartment. But I promise you, if you, if 
finish this book on money management, right? There's a good one called The Pumpkin Plan. Oh, yeah. Right? Great book. Yeah. The Pumpkin Plan. And that, that same author also has one called Profit First. Those two books. See, I'm always give y'all books to read. <laughs> Those two books will help you with your money management, whether you're an entrepreneur or not. So you you learn how to not get back in this situation. And once I do that a couple of times, people stop asking me for money because they know my money situation is going to actually be a book. Oh, you need some paper? <laughs> I got plenty of paper for you, big dog. <laughs> Read this book right now. You'll be good. So that's a great way uh, of being able to help your family, help your loved ones, help your, you know, your friends without actually feeling like you're a fucking ATM. Right. Because that, that never ends. You can never you will never give enough. I'll just say that. So what's some other things, man? You know, I know you got I mean, we both have plenty of things. But what's some other things you encountered, you know, as we rise in success, as we rise in, you know, just things we are able to do? What's some things you've encountered that maybe uh, fucks with you emotionally or just kind of depresses you or just, you know, things you might be dealing with? Man, you know, and this is one I think that's really personal to me because I because I personally struggle with it. And and I think there's a there's a lesson to be learned and I'm still learning myself, but it's our relationship with asking about people's pain. Mm. And I know I know it's not something that's ever going to really be comfortable. Right. But for me, I feel like people think that once you get to a certain point, you don't have pain anymore. <laughs> they think yep. it's like, are you good? Like no matter how bad whatever is going on with you, mm-hmm. you're okay right. because you have X, Y, and Z. Absolutely. And you know, we live in a, a day and world where you're seeing you know, beautiful black, young, beautiful black people who have a lot going for them, committing suicide, yep. ending their lives or whatever. And they're in situations that you would argue, how did, how, how are you unhappy? How do you have pain? Mm-hmm. How do you have these certain things? And so when you, cause when you mentioned heartbreaking, that was one to me, right? Is, you know, we got a lot of problems in this world, right? We got, we got black people dying in, mm-hmm. in, in so many varieties of ways and, and not even being killed physically, but spiritually and mentally, financially, and just in, in, in slow deaths. Mm-hmm. But when you have people that literally have the majority of their life in front of them and an abundance of things around them to like keep them happy, keep them going, that they can like see value in their lives. They're still like finding it overwhelming. Right. And and dealing with pain overwhelming. And to me that's something that's really heartbreaking. And I think and the reason I said it's personal to me is not that I feel like I'm close to that or anything, but it's I have my own type of of beliefs about certain things. And I know you've talked about it and you've mentioned a couple times here of seeking counseling. Mm-hmm seeking coaching um but for me personally you know counseling and coaching like all those things make sense to me but the t word the therapy word right (laughs) like that's one that i think has like uh it's like got a lot of negative buzz around it and i'll and i'll share this because you know this is what this is about like my personal opinion of therapy like i i don't see a therapist i don't have a therapist i'm probably still dealing with the struggle of coming up you know like nah you don't even you don't even tell people in your family your problems like stuff in this household stays in this household and then you learn from that is is taste it when you leave your household 
now I'm I'm the household, so everything mm-hmm. just stays inside, That's and you right. don't share it. Um, but for me, one of the struggles, and I think this is a this is a, a stride that we need to make as a people and as a culture, is one, you know, asking for help when you need help is okay, mm-hmm. period. And then you just can plug and play whatever the type of help you need is. Mm-hmm. I think the challenge, and, and my personal belief about therapy is, I. I feel like I would would have a hard time finding a person who has the experiences that I've had that understands what I'm going through Mm -hmm. to where they can give me quality and valuable feedback. Right. right? Like I'm I'm not going to ask somebody who is doing worse than me how to have how can I make my life better? Like Mm -hmm. if you knew and you could execute, I feel like you wouldn't be in your situation. Mm You say this a lot of time. I'm not asking nobody who's broke how to make money. Like <laughs> right. it's just not like that equation yeah. is just not going to work Absolutely out. Not. I'm not going to. I mean, it's just simple. I'm not going to a doctor that's a specialist in I don't know like shoulder replacement or whatever. And I'm like, hey, I'm really having these problems with my gut health. Like I just mm-hmm. I just can't go to the bathroom. Like and the doctor gonna look at you like you're crazy. And right. it's like because that's not what they specialize in. Mm-hmm. They don't have that knowledge. And so for me, and I know there's a movement around it, but more um therapists that are black and brown so people can like say there's a there's like 30 years of my life i don't have to explain to you a lot of these nuances because you understand them but i feel like also we got to create more of those natural support systems right you know a lot of times people often talk about how like the barbershop is like that for black men and i'm like it is it is a place where you can go and we've been there you learn a lot and not always the best stuff right (laughs) not always the best a lot of the bad things are reinforced (laughs) there but we got to find that sense of community and that's that 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 support system in our natural environments because a lot of times it's just like you said Mm -hmm. you got to understand who you're approaching in your audience you can't go to people when you're saying hey Look at how successful I am. I can offer coaching for this much money. And and it's money. And people mm-hmm. love money. Right. And they're like, yeah, I just can't afford it. Those same people aren't going to turn around and write checks to a therapist. Right. So for me, it's like, how can we, one of the things that's hard is we got to figure out how to have better, better um, institutions that like give people that place. Yeah to go and like be open and be vulnerable. That's that's really what I feel like on me now. It's like, man, like, what was that for me? I don't really know when I was younger, but I was like, you know, I had my friends, mm-hmm. I had my, I had, I had, had routines and things that helped me and they, they kept me focused and, and had some clarity about certain things. But right. I was coached at a young age by different people around me of like, you're not that good yet, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean you can't be great. Mm-hmm. So go and learn what you can and like be okay with not being that good yet. Yep. Like it, you just had to like overcome that by being determined and you talked about the winners and I feel like that's just really a thing that we've got to do we've got to be more determined to like be healthy people mm-hmm. and 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 I mean that through and through not just what you eat although right. you're gonna hear us talk about that a lot yep. but like be healthy people mm-hmm. and you know people that are successful and people that are healthy they ask for help they absorb knowledge and then they use it and we've got to get to where people use it. That's, Even the same thing. Say, yeah. I can give you this money, but like, how are you going to use it? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and that and that use piece is something that we really got to work on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's something I personally struggle with. And is a parcel. As we, you know, I asked you the question, like, what's one of the things that hit you the hardest mm-hmm. as you make more success that kind of causes this emotional weight, you know, mm-hmm. weigh on you? 
one of the things that weigh on me the most is exactly what you just talked about. As I get higher and higher up the ladder, I know I can help so many people, Mm -hmm. right? So many people. But there's two things in my way. If I give it for free, you won't value it. <laughs> no, right? that's what, yeah. I give it for free and it's like, oh, what's the catch? Oh, this can't be, it can't be that valuable. You ain't charging for it. Then when I charge for it, it's like, well, I ain't paying that. I can't afford that. I can't do this. I can't do that. And I was like, well, fuck, how do you want me to get it to you? Mm-hmm. Right? But the but beautiful part about that though is beautiful is you've now started to create options for both. Yes. Like you, you're like, I gotta, I want to help you, so absolutely. I'm gonna go in both ways. But you're yep. right, like you, like what do you want? Like yeah. you know, absolutely you can't be free, and you can't charge too much. Right. And then either way, I'm probably still gonna struggle. Mm-hmm. But I, but I need it, you yep. know. Yeah. Yep. And it weigh, it weighs on me because I genuinely and we both do. We genuinely want to help. We want to, you know. For me, I've already explained this in plenty of podcasts and live chats that I've done. You know, part of the reason why I'm so bent on helping is because I do have what's called survivor's remorse. Like I made it out because I busted my ass and I made some, you know, some risk. I took some risk to get here, but I still made it out. I made it out. I'm one of the only, you know, one of the few. And I'm looking back like, now I can help the rest. Y'all, y'all, y'all won't come. It makes me want to show up and give more and do more and be more for you to help pull more people out. So I can say, ah, I did help. I did Mm -hmm. help. It wasn't just, oh, I got out of there and I pulled the ladder up. I did help. So for me, that's one of my biggest motivations and motives to to wanting to give back and do that. But it eats me me alive every fucking time when I actually do the help. I actually give the help. I actually give the resources and give the time to make these podcasts and give the resources to pay Clayton as to sit behind the camera, right? To actually show up and make this look good. Because guess what? If you you give our people free stuff and it don't look good, they still won't actually watch it. They still won't receive it well. So this shit got to look good. It's got to be production quality. It's got to look good. It's got to sound good. Otherwise, it gets pushed to the side. So I do want to give those resources. I do want to be a resource, but also exhaust my resources and, you know, money, time, and pay somebody to actually make this stuff look good and sound good, right? These mics ain't cheap, (laughs) right? So I do this all for y'all because I do want to help. I do want to be there. I do want to, you know, be that person to say, hey, get your shit together. That's why I talk to y'all just like this. Because if I say, I've always called cur- curse words. You didn't hear me say this all the time. Curse words are sentence enhancers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. They're sentence enhancers. So if your mom, you know, back when you were young, you know, your mom said, hey, sit down now. OK, you, you, you're making me mad. Sit down, please. He's like, oh, OK, you don't really mean that. You don't really mean that. But if she goes, hey, sit your ass now. Right damn now. Oh, you got it. You got it. That's a sentence enhancer. She just enhanced that sentence with a couple curse words. <laughs> and, and you took that shit serious at that point. So I continue to talk the way we, our culture knows and is familiar with. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I heard his dad say something. You know, he's like my dad. I heard... His dad or our dad pretty mm-hmm. much say some things and 
that deep voice get to going, and he, he throw in a sentence and hands. It's like, nah, bro, we we might yeah, we might want to actually like do what he's saying now. Like he he's serious, he's serious. So, so yeah, it's it's really all about keeping it in the culture for the culture, so that I can somewhat change the culture. So that when we start plugging people into the culture, we can say, hey, this type of culture right here. If I plug you into it, you'll be successful. You'll secure the bag. Right. You'll get to the bag of life health wise, money wise and family wise. Why? Because you're accountable. This culture is accountable. This culture actually likes eating healthy and champions people who are disciplined and eat healthy. And this culture believes in using money as a tool. We save money. We're not worried about on to the next. We're not worried about stunting and grinding on people or stunting on people. And grinding just for, you know, trinkets and toys. This culture actually makes money, saves it, and invests it back in themselves, back into other things that are smart investments. And this culture gets to the bag. That's what I'm here for. I'm infiltrating your culture that you know to be your culture. And I'm here to change it as much as I can. Or if not, we'll create our own. And then we'll start plugging people into our culture. That's what all of this is about. So you got some some departing words as we uh, get out of here? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I think, you know, following along what you said, in today's world, you're competing for attention. Mm-hmm. Like just hands That's down, right. you're just competing for attention, right? And, and what Tay just said was, you know, we're we're thoughtful, but we're, we're investing, mm-hmm. right? And we're being creative and we're being relatable and we're taking our time and our resources and leveraging other people that are around us and their talents to right. produce something. And when we're competing for that attention, it's on you to make room for that, right? Like like embrace that, right? Like absorb the information. Like my man Tay said, you wanna hear us talk about certain things, go rate the podcast, listen to it, digest it, come back, because this is meant to be a conversation, Yes, right? These are, we're trying to create a space. We, we live in a day and time where we can virtually create a space where we can have these kind of conversations. And all you gotta do is just like make the time for it. Show up, listen, interact, get that feedback mm-hmm. and create that dialogue and talk with us. Absolutely, absolutely. I do want to say one thing as I enter. So I, got, I have one more as we enter the the closing of this podcast. I have one more thing that I think will be absolutely helpful because it helped me. I want you to start writing down the things that you are dealing with. The So fellas who are depressed, fellas or people period who are depressed, you're going through issues. You have some shit you're holding on to. Somebody owe you money. Let it go. Write it all down. Forgive the people. Or whatever you have to do. So if somebody owes you money, write write down who owes you money, how much they owe you. And then under that, I I want you to spell out or write out, you no longer owe me money. We're square. We good. Things like that. Somebody pissed you off because they lied to you. They cheated on you, whatever it was. Write it down, write the person's name down, and then write, hey, I forgive you. I'll never forget it, but I'll forgive you. I forgive you, and we good. Write it down. And once you do all of that, all these things you're dealing with that's in your head, after you write these things down, because that materializes it, it makes it real. You write it down, and then when you forgive them, or when you 
call it square even. I know some of y'all are like, no, if you owe me money, you owe me money. You gonna give me my money. No, 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 no. Because the way I'm telling you, the way the energy of it all works is once you write these things down and you get rid of them, they no longer hold real estate in your head. And when you can start getting rid of those things in your head, it makes room for new things that make you produce more money than they owed you. Right? So you don't have to forget. So for example, I had a really good friend named Frankie. Frankie, if you listen, I know you Frankie. still owe me $6,000, motherfucker. <laughs> but we square. We square because what I did was I forgave him. I called him even. And what I did was I took that that space that he was filling in my head of how much he owed me and how I'm every day I'm, I'm taking time to collect, bill collector type shit. That time, I utilized it to do more, to be more, to help more people, to do, to do more for myself. And then I made I made way more money than he could ever pay me back because he wasn't going to give me that money back. But it's all good. Right. Because we square. I love you. It's all good. I wish you nothing but the best. And I hope that you, too, can also write people down who owe you money or who have fucked you over and forgive them as well. And that's one thing that if we can insert that into our culture, we're going to be all right. So that being said, you all keep tapping in. Make sure to rate this five stars. Give us a nice little comment. And then if you got a question or you want a topic, you want us to cover a topic that you may, you know, have on your head, put that below your rating and I'll make sure we get to it ASAP. Other than that, let's keep getting to this bag. We'll see you on the next episode. We love you. Peace.